Is Shohei Otani going to be the best player for the 2023 fantasy baseball season? We'll discuss that and more on today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. We're your number one fantasy baseball source, uh, as always. Um, Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my brother, my co-host, Matthew Ane. Yo, yo. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball and we'll be there. Please subscribe and comment, especially on YouTube. We love to talk fantasy baseball with you. On today's podcast, we're talking about the AL West and we'll make sure that you guys know all of the players you should be targeting in your fantasy baseball drafts. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. And guys, just one more thing, a quick heads up. Um, if you haven't already uh, you know, checked it out, we're going to be doing a mock draft episode tomorrow so if you guys want to join in on that you know shoot us a dm on instagram or twitter you can email us at fantasymds at gmail.com and please uh, you know get in there soon because we're still looking for people but with that being said let's talk about some houston astros the reigning world series champs and my brother matt here is going to lead us off matt who are we going with first today oh you know i mean if we're going to talk about houston we might as well talk about jordan alvarez yes sir Jordan has just been an absolute stud over the over the last two years since he's been called up, and you know he just keeps it going. I remember when Dom first told me about him, like you think, and then boom, this kid just hit the ball out of the park every single day. And it's funny too because like he just keeps doing it. This is what he did this year. It's absolutely crazy. In 470 at bats, the guy had 95 runs. He had 37 bombs, 97 ribbies, and here's the kicker: his batting average was a 306. Now, that's just outrageous because, to be honest, I didn't think he was going to have that kind of batting average profile. I really thought he was going to be like a 250, 265. But, I mean, he just had an outrageous season. And, it, it like, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Is this sustainable? Like, it's just crazy because, I mean, last year he hit a 277, which is more on pace with him. And I, I still think a little inflated, but maybe he figured something out. I think that, you know, Alvarez is just an incredible pick. And his ADP is – just a little bit too rich for me, though, because he is UT only. He's going his number six, the number six outfield, the number 10 overall. Like, to be quite honest, the only reason I won't draft him in the first round is just because he's UT only. Like, I need to fill up, like, the multiple eligibilities, like, whether it's, like, uh, not multiple eligibilities, but, like, an outfielder where I need multiple guys or a first base or third base that's a little bit hard to get this year. So that's where I'm at. It's like he's more of, like, a second or third round pick for me. I'm not getting him there. Um, because I'm just I'm not gonna be able to draft, and I just don't feel like I can do a good job of building my team with him as my first pick. But other than that, Jordan's phenomenal. Uh, my my brother, 
I'm pulling it up now, but I think he's outfield eligible on Yahoo. I'm not sure about anywhere else, though. I can't confirm or deny anywhere else, but I'm just double-checking on Yahoo right now because I believe when I checked, he still is just uh... – yeah, yeah, he's he's outfield eligible on Yahoo. So if okay. you're drafting on on Yahoo, he, yeah, Jordan is definitely you know going to be able to – something that you could throw in there. But yeah. as Matt told you, that's somebody – Jordan Alvarez is somebody I was always super high on when he came up in 2019. He had a monster, monster rookie showing for Houston. He had uh, 313 with 27 bombs and only 87 games. He reminds me of David Ortiz. Very, very David Ortiz type profile. Both lefties, you know, both uh, hit the ball very, very hard. I think Jordan has upside of, uh, you know, maybe not an Aaron Judge type season from last year, but he could hit, you know, 50 bombs and he could lead you to fantasy glory. I think that Matt said, well, he's coming off the board as number six overall outfielder right now, 10th overall pick. I honestly I don't have a problem with that at all. Really don't have a problem taking Jordan Alvarez there. You know, he can lead you to fantasy glory this year. So let's move on to our next guy. Let's talk about, I don't know, in New York here, he's highly hated, but I'm sure in uh, Houston, he's highly loved. That's Jose Altuve. Now, listen, I, I'm not going to give any Yankee discrimination here when it comes to fantasy baseball because Jose Altuve is my number one first baseman right now. And, uh, I, you mean I second number, baseman? Second, yeah, second baseman. Sorry about that. Um, Guys, he's just been doing it forever. I know he's getting a little older at 32 years old last year, 33 this year. But Jose Altuve played 141 games last year, 103 runs, 28 bombs, 57 RBIs, 18 steals, and he hit 300. I mean, it's not much more you can ask for at the second baseman position, especially with it being so thin this year. Overall, ADP right now, Jose Altuve is number three second baseman and the 37th pick overall. You get him in the third round, and you're you're absolutely gonna gonna love that value that you're gonna get from him. I I just think he does it all. Does it all. Five category guy. Yeah, no, Altuve is great outside him smacking all them trash cans like a little thirty thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, he's my number two. I just I prefer Ozzy Albies over him. That's just me personally. I just you're, you're you're chalking it up. I'm playing a little bit more upside, but I just think Ozzy Albies is just a little bit better in my opinion. And you'll call me crazy for it. But it is you already know. You already know. (laughs) It's an ongoing debate, ladies and gentlemen. But let's move on here. Um, Let's talk about Mr. Jeremy Pena, Mr. Playoff Darling himself, Mr. World Series MVP. Exactly. (laughs) And and you know what? Like it's crazy. This kid for me kind of came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I knew his name, but I just didn't think he was going to just be on this level. And what he did in the playoffs was just bananas. But I'm going to read off his total 2022 season, right? So in 521 at bats, he had. 72 runs, 22 home runs, 63 ribbies, 11 stolen bases, and batted 253. It's, but like, I just, I feel like after what we saw in the playoffs, like, I feel like it's not even doing him justice. I think there was a lot of like, um, adjustment period for him because I just like, I think that we're going to see more of what he did in the playoffs this season. And he's just going to take that step forward in all honesty. Like, you don't just get World Series MVP without doing something really good. And that that talent just doesn't disappear either. And if you look at, um, for instance, his minor leagues in 2021, he batted 297. In 2019, he batted 303. So he's more of a batting average guy than what it was reflected. I think it was just that adjustment. And on top of that, I mean, his home runs were a little high. Like maybe he's growing into his man body. And, you know, he's not and he had 20 stolen bases in 2019. So, I mean, I think we're going to see a little bit more in those categories. And I think that obviously the batting average is going to come up. We're going to see runs and ribbies because it's just the Astros lineup, especially with them adding Altuve. Like they just got weapons from one to nine and it's just ridiculous. 
Yeah, my, my brother, you're in sync. I actually have his playoff stats here. It was 13 games, 58 at-bats, 12 runs, four bombs, uh, five doubles. Yeah, he was just absolutely killing it here in the playoffs. He had 345 overall in the playoffs over those 13 games. Once again, we're talking about Jeremy Pena here, Mr. World Series MVP. Matt, did you say where you have him ranked? I have him ranked at 14 at uh, shortstop. Got him and- 11. Yeah, see, there you go. And right now his ADP is currently the 18th shortstop, pick 122 overall. Shortstop is very deep this year, so it's it gets interesting when you get to that point. Um, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, um, as far as if I'm going to take that risk there. It kind of really depends on how your draft goes. So uh, you could take the risk on him there, and I definitely think as Matt said, um you you could do that. You could you could you could take him there, and you could you know get that batting average, get those steals, and get all those other you know assets that might come with Jeremy Pena having a breakout. So you know it just depends on how you draft until that point. I, if I already have a shortstop, I wouldn't draft another one. If you get to that point, you want some upside. I would definitely take Pena because he definitely does have crazy crazy upside. Yeah, buddy. Next up, we're going to be talking about Angels and Mike Trout, and and continue. Will Mike Trout continue to be a first round talent? We'll find out right after this. Man, we got some great sponsors today. And here at Locked On, we're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. Download FanDuel now so you can place your bets for 50 Bowl 50, 50 Bowl, Super Bowl 57 with, your, with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. Man, those Eagles look great. And I think they're just going to roll out and win the Super Bowl. So I'm placing some bets on them. You know, this weekend for tomorrow, it's going to be great. Um, the Fa- FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid instantly. Who doesn't like that? So join FanDuel now today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. So without further ado, we teased it. Dom, you want to take this one off? Yeah, well, I guess we might as well start with Mr. Um, Mike Trout. And, uh, man, he's he's phenomenal. The only thing is you're not getting the speed anymore with Trout. Last year, Trout played 119 games, 85 runs, 40 bombs, 80 RBIs, only one steal, and he had 283. You know, Mike Trout is a little older than we all might think. You know, Mike Trout's going to be 31 next year. He's been around since he was 19 in 2011. And the guy's just been absolutely phenomenal. And as I said, you know, there's two things here. He doesn't steal bases anymore. And he had that pretty bad back scare last year. And, you know, it seemed like it was going to be a huge deal. I've heard quotes from Mike Trout already this offseason saying that it's a non-issue. But, you know, as you get older, you know, injuries get harder to recover from. And back is a big one. You know, back issues can linger for, you know, years. But I think Mike Trout is a pretty safe pick right now. And as far as ADP goes, he's coming off the board as number eight outfielder, pick 21 overall. This is probably the lowest Mike Trout has ever gone since, once again, his rookie year. I have Mike Trout as my number six outfielder. I think you just take him as your number one outfielder and maybe you try and back him up with somebody a little bit quicker. Maybe if you take Mike Trout in the second round, you look in the fourth or fifth round to get another you know stud outfielder just to have somebody there to back up Mike Trout. That's what I would do if I take him. And uh, that's all I can really say. He's pretty much a four-tool guy. He's going to help you in four out of the five major categories. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I got him almost as high as you, I think. I got him at um, number eight outfielder. Um, 
I like Trout. I think that if anything, he's going to be more of like a chipping guy for steals. Um, you know, like like you know, like what um what Freddie Freeman does. He gets his eight to ten every year, and then we'll get you those nice home runs. I think that Trout still got it though. So like I'm drafting him high, just not drafting him in the first round for me. But let's move on here. Let's talk about everybody who you know is has all these questions about, and that's Mr. Shohei Otani. Shohei has just been absolutely incredible. Like I just can't get over how good this dude is as a pitcher. And a and a bat. It's just outrageous, right? Like he's got some like Babe Ruth numbers. First got to do this in a while. And man, I just I love the kid. My only downside for him in fantasy wise is that he's DH only. But here's the deal. So I'm not drafting him in the first round, and I sound crazy, but it, again, I like to fill the positionals. But he he has the upside. So if you want to build your team that way, I, I don't blame you. He's the one guy I'll make that exception for. But where I will draft him in the first round and probably the top three pick is if he's available on the platform as both pitcher and bat. That's where like Otani has that mega upside. Otherwise I'm just losing out on the bat. I will draft his arm though. But let me read off his stats, right? For just his batting for last year. Uh, he had 586 at bats. He had 90 runs, 34 home runs, 95 ribbies, 11 stolen bases, nice little chip in there and batted 273. Now that's phenomenal. <laughs> any, any guy, that's like, hey, I do this. Like, yo, like, geez, like, let's go. And then you to boot. Now he's got pitching stats as well. Like, I, I just, I can't get over it. Like, I just, I, I love, I love Otani. He's just a different breed of animal. And right now he's going off the board as the number 14th pick. So I feel like people are kind of on the same page as me. Like, they're not wasting their first pick on him. It's not a waste, but you know what I mean. And it's easier to just develop once you fill the position and then scooped him up. Yeah, I think as my brother Matt said, um, the thing with him is if you can get Shohei Otani as your as a guy you can move from you know uh, your utility to your starting pitcher, I don't see how he's not the number one overall pick. I think Matt read you off his uh, hitting stats, so I'll, I'll do the the pitching stats last year for Otani. Last year, Shohei Otani, uh, fifteen wins, nine losses as a starting pitcher, started twenty eight games, two three three ERA, hundred and sixty six innings, two hundred nineteen strikeouts, and a one oh one WHIP. I mean, uh, I let me see. I, I know Matt said he's coming off the board as fourteenth overall. Let me see where I have him at starting pitching again because I'm not sure. I have him as my number seven overall starting pitcher. You know, and I, I don't, I don't see why you know anyone wouldn't have him in their top ten at least. Strikeout upsides there, great ERA, great, great WHIP, and he's only getting better at baseball. He's going to be 28 years old in this year. He's still in his prime, so I think you just take Shohei Otani with confidence. Once again, if he's only at utility, I don't know if I'm taking utility Otani or starting pitcher Otani in the first round. If he's both number one overall pick. But you could take starting pitcher Otani as your ace. You can take utility Otani in the second round to pair with maybe like, a, you know, a Naren Judge or, you know, just any of those other great hitters. He really does it all. So it doesn't matter who you pair him with, honestly. But let's move on. Let's, you know, we're enough uh, babbling here about how great Shohei Otani is. So let's talk about somebody who there is a lot of question marks about. And that's Anthony Rendon. And this guy, man, he's always been very, very good up until, you know, the injury started to creep up on him in his older age. And, uh, you know, 2022, he played 47 games. In 2021, Rendon played 58 games. So, you know, it's been a been a tough little stretch here over the last couple of years. But let's go back to 2019 and read off what uh, Anthony Rendon did that year, right? Anthony Rendon in 2019 played 146 games, had 117 runs. 
44 doubles, which led the league that year, uh, 34 bombs, uh, a league-leading 126 RBIs, and he hit 319. Now, I don't know if he can get back to that exact form, but I think it's there. It's worth the pick because right now, uh, Anthony Rendon's ADP is the 19th overall third baseman, pick 225 overall. And I just don't see how you could go wrong there with, you know, taking Rendon as a as a bench player or maybe your second utility. I have him as my 13th third baseman. So the value is there right now for Rendon. He can contribute in four out of the five categories if everything goes right. Yeah, I mean, Rendon has that upside. It's it's crazy, though, how he's just outright outrageously just dropped off the map. Um, right now his ADP at 19 is a little, a little low for me because to be honest, yeah. like I rather take that upside and I have him as my, um, my 11th at third. So like, I'm kind of comfortable taking him. You're going to get a great deal on him anyway, especially if you missed out on those top end talents, like who cares, but let's move on here and talk about somebody I'm really excited about this year. And that's Mr. Taylor Ward. Uh, Taylor Ward is just an interesting case, right? So he started off, he came out like a bat out of hell. Got injured, came back, and was a little small, a little slow, slow start, and didn't really figure it out. I don't know what it is. Maybe the injury was bothering him or whatnot. But you know, it, I'm just gonna pretty much just put it off to the side and say, hey, let's see what he does this year. I do have him ranked pretty high and bullishly for me. I have him 25. He's going off the board as a 30th outfielder off the board, 126 overall, which is still great value for a, an upside play and for your third and possibly utility guy, a third outfielder possible utility guy, right? But let's read off what he did, right? In 495 at-bats, he had 73 runs, 23 home runs, 65 ribbies, five stolen bases, and he batted 281. Now, those are great numbers. I think that that's going to be elevated um, now that he's taken his second year into the bigs on a full-time basis. And I think that there's a lot of upside for this kid. I'm I'm really excited for him. I think that he can be one of those guys that we're all talking about uh, this year. It's like, man, scooped him up at a great value. And now next year, we're not going to be able to draft him outside of the first three rounds. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Taylor world guy too, Matt. Did you say you have Matt 26? 25. I have Matt 26. So Matt and I are in sync once again with Taylor Ward. I think the value is there. Matt did a great job of explaining, you know, Taylor Ward's year last year. He started off like a house on fire for April. Then he got hurt. I believe it was um, a hamstring injury. And then he had a shoulder injury as well. So, you know, he had, um, Two injuries last year that kind of held him back, which, you know, I kind of want to see how he looks in spring training, just to make sure he's healthy because down the stretch, you wound up killing it, you know, and uh, I think you could safely get Taylor Ward as he, a low end number two outfielder, a high end number three outfielder. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're a little risky, you take him as your number two. If he, if he falls a little bit, definitely a great, great number three outfielder. But with all that being said, guys, uh, Jesus, I got a little lost here in my notes, uh, so bear with me. Next up, we're going to be talking about Seattle and uh, can Julio be the best player in the league for 2023? Yes, but before we do that, we need to talk to you about our colleague, Lindsay, who is the host of Locked on MLB Prospects. We're actually going to have him on next week, and the guy is an encyclopedia of uh, prospect knowledge. So you need to get on there and you need to watch his podcast and you need to join us next week when he's going to be on the podcast. I believe it's going to be Wednesday. If I'm wrong, we will definitely, uh, you know, correct that, but I believe it's Wednesday. And uh, once again, before we talk about uh, Julio Rodriguez, I have a great sponsor for you guys here. If you're like me, got a full-time job, you like to hit the gym, you know, you need a quick snack that isn't high in calories, but also tastes great. You got to try built bar. 
You know, I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but these bars taste delicious while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is they're healthy. Built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein, which is, uh, you know, a lot of protein if you're trying to sneak it into your diet somewhere, right? They also come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Guys, uh, I'm, I'm still waiting to try all of these, and once I do, I will let you know, but I they sound absolutely phenomenal. And guess what? Now you don't even have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. But you know what? Guess what? Today you can walk into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and grab you some Built Bars. So go ahead and make sure you get that done. Now let's talk about my guy. Listen, if you guys were here last year and you know you were tuned in, uh, I was I was singing the praises of Julio Rodriguez all off season, guys. You know, I, uh, this this kid is just he's the truth. I um I heard a quote at the beginning of last year um saying that. Show, uh, I mean, um, the Julio Rodriguez is a combination of Juan Soto and um, F- uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. And I was like, damn, that's some high praise from the kid. And he absolutely came out. I think I had him listed as like my number 18 outfielder, and everyone was telling me I was crazy. But last year, as a 21 year old, Julio Rodriguez came out, played 132 games, had 84 runs, 25 doubles, three triples, 28 bombs, 75 RBIs, 25 steals, and he hit 284. Uh, the sky is absolutely the limit for Julio Rodriguez. Right now, he is the number three overall outfielder, fifth overall pick. I mean, I don't even have him that high. I have him as my number five outfielder. I'd, love, I'd like to play a little bit safer with some of those guys at the top, like you got Judge, Acuna, Betts, and Alvarez, who have all done it multiple times. But once again, if you take Julio Rodriguez as the number one overall pick, I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't blame you because the the kid can go out there and potentially have a 40-40 season. Seattle's only gotten better. Uh, there's not much more I can say about the kid. He's just, he's going to be the best player in baseball one day. Oh yeah, I mean Julio is just outrageous. I have him as my number three outfield. I'm actually higher on him than you. There but you go. Um, <laughs> but like I keep talking about every time his name comes up, I'm not drafting him at the top, right? There's other positional eligibility people that like third base and and whatnot that I'm going to scoop up over. And also, too, I'm just not drafting him over certain names, right? Like so there's Acuna and Judge in front of him. And then, you know, other people we can go on who's going to draft in the first like 10 picks, right? Or whatever. Ultimately, I just I like him and I have as my number three due to the fact that he is a five tool guy and that's my prototypical first pick. You know, like that's what I want. And if this kid comes out in spring, he might even move his way up. So let's see what happens. Well, let's let's move on here and to Mr. Gilly Gilly, baby. <laughs> I knew that's where you would go. Remember, I already knew it. Already knew it, bro. You know, you know, a second I see his name, my eyes light up. I love yes, Logan, Mr. Logan Gilbert. Um, my I nicknamed him Gilly Gilly. You know, like Dilly Dilly from Bud Light commercials, because my guy is just awesome. And you know what? He's just been a stud. Like I love the kid when he came out his rookie year and just kind of lit up the world and was just so good. And then followed it up this season. I was just like, wow, this kid's going to be something special. And I think we're going to see it this year, even on a higher level. So let me read off what he did. Right. So in 185 innings pitch, he had 174 uh, strikeouts. He had 13 wins, and he had a 320 ERA with a 1.18 WHIP. Now, WHIP's a little higher than I like, but I don't think that's going to be a problem. And he's not a K per nine, but I think that comes up too because if you look at his minor league stats, I believe he was a K per nine guy, right? So 
Let me find it. So we had a. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So in twenty 2020, yeah. in twenty twenty one, he was a K per, well over a K per nine, and that was in the bigs and in in the minors. He was he had a pitched one hundred and thirty five uh, innings and then one hundred and sixty five uh, strikeouts. So like ultimately, like I think that K per nine is going to come up and then be that prototypical stud. And I think we can have a very special season from Gilly Gilly this year. And I'm really excited to see what Logan Gilbert's going to do. I have him as my 32nd pitcher, which I think is just outrageous, but apparently I'm on par at with ADP. It's 31. Like the only reason I don't have him higher is I just, I just, there, there's a little bit more sturdier names in front of him, but at the same time, the upside can be outrageous and I'm just so excited to get him. He could be your pitcher three. And to be honest, you get him as your pitcher three and you're going to have a great freaking time. Uh, you know, watching your pitching stats this year, I, I have a hundred percent, you know, belief in this kid this year. Yeah, man, I'm I'm in sync with you and the ADP right now. I have him, uh, Logan Gilbert, as my number thirty-three starting pitcher. But once you get to that point, there's like a glob, I'd say, of about ten to fifteen pitchers that all have tremendous upside. I would say ranging from my thirty-one to my like. 45 46 even is just a glob of bunch of names that you could have as your number three or four starting pitcher that all have tremendous upside but logan gilbert specifically he throws hard he throws around 96 miles an hour he has great swing and miss stuff the breaking stuff is pretty solid as well i think he can get back as matt was saying closer to that k per nine last year he fell a smidge under that k per nine but you know he's still very very young at only 26 years old and uh, that's where you really start hitting your prime and you figure things out and you take that next step forward he has Luis Castillo there now in Seattle and he has uh, Robbie Ray they can definitely teach him a few things I'm sure he's got his ears open and you know he's ready and willing to learn but with that being said let's move on to uh, another awesome starting pitcher from uh, that Seattle team and that's George Kirby George Kirby, as a rookie, just really, really showed us, you know, everything that we wanted to see from him coming off of, you know, uh, being a very, very high-end prospect. Last year, George Kirby um, had eight wins, five losses, a 3-3-9 ERA, 25 starts, 130 innings, 133 Ks, and that whip was pretty, uh, pretty Pretty solid for a rookie at a 1-2-0. You know, that control comes a little bit later as you get a little bit older. George Kirby was only 24 years old last year. Going to be 25 this year. George Kirby is coming off the board right now. Right around where Logan Gilbert is, too. I, uh, number 33 starting pitcher, 100 overall. And I actually have George Kirby a little bit higher than Logan Gilbert. I have George Kirby at 28. I just think George Kirby can wind up being a very, very studly pitcher. He's another guy. See, uh, Matt and I have said this about our rankings before. I'm going to say it again now. Just because I have a guy at 28 doesn't mean I'm necessarily taking him 28. I'm going to read the room. I'm going to see, you know, try and get an idea of what the people I'm drafting with think about him. And if I have to take him at 28, I will. But I would like to have George Kirby, you know, as my number three or number four starting pitcher, to be honest with you. But I just think the kid's an absolute monster. I think he's going to have a, a huge year. Yeah, now Kirby, you know, he's gobbling up everybody. I have him as my thirty eighth. I just, I think he's, I think he's really good. I'm, I'm very impressed with him as well. He shows the signs of what rookies talk, what I always talk about with rookie pitchers when they come in their first season and do what he did. The next year is usually really nice. So these are one of the guys I'm trying to target them late in the rounds that could have massive upside moving forward. So I'm pretty like uh, I'm pretty much on point with that. But let's move on. Let's talk about some Rangers. They have a lot of uh, a lot of upside oh, this year. 
Yeah, my boys got the got the jersey on. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about Adolis Garcia. It's crazy, right? Like, it. I really did not expect the kind of season he had, but I mean, I'm just so impressed with this kid, and that team is just looking better every day. Let me read off what he did last year. So he had 605 at bats, 88 runs, 27 home runs, 101 ribbies, and he batted. Oh, and he had 25 stolen bases. Don't let me sleep on that. And he yeah. batted 250. Now, the only stat I don't like of his is the batting average. And that's kind of just him, right? In 2021, he hit 243. Um, and then he didn't play in 2020. So that's all my reference I got, truthfully. But I mean, he has a lot of upside, right? I'm pretty much like pretty pretty much like in on him. I have him ranked as my number 18th outfielder. He's going off the board as 14th. Um, the only reason is I just I trust a few more names, the four names in front of him more than him. And it's just like it is what it is. But I think Adolis has a lot of opportunity for them counting stats this year. And that team's going to be very competitive with the addition of DeGrom. And, you know, Simeon and, and uh, Corey Seager on this team are going to be driving the way with them. And, you know, they might call up some prospects this year that are going to make the, make the team very yeah. interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for him to be very valuable in fantasy. Yeah, man, I'm I'm in sync with you with Adolis Garcia. I have him ranked as my number uh, 16 outfielder. Uh, Matt, did you mention the ADP? Oh, uh, yeah, I did, 14th. Yeah, 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 14th, 56 overall for Adolis. And um, the thing is, right, so if you drafted like Freddie Freeman in your first round and let's say you got like a Jose Altuve in the third round and you now you're looking for your number one overall outfielder, you could take Adolis Garcia because that batting average is going to kill you. You already got two guys that are great at batting average. Then you're going to add some bombs. You're going to add some RBIs. You're going to add some steals. And Adolis is even shown to be he's a plus in the runs category as well. So once again, he's a team construction type of guy. You know, if you were if you went in your first couple of rounds and you got guys that aren't going to, you know, be great in batting average, then you don't want to take a Dolas Garcia. But, uh, you know, the upside's there. The upside's there. I mean, he's going to be 30 years old this year, so he's getting a little bit older. But still, you know, he's just shown to prove that he's going to contribute in, you know, four out of the five major categories. So, you know, you can't go wrong there with Garcia. Let's talk about somebody I was pretty high on last year, and I'm still pretty high on this year. That's Corey Seager. Now, the thing with Corey Seager is, you know, the shift kind of killed him last year. I think teams kind of figured out where to position their, you know, players to really rob Corey Seager of hits. I believe the stat I saw was he was robbed of like 56 base hits or something like that due to the shift. Now, they're not going to be able to do that to Corey Seager this year. You know, even though Corey Seager still did have a monster year last year, 20 years old, 151 games played, 91 runs, 33 bombs, 24 doubles, three steals. And he hit the 245 batting average. Now, even with the 245 batting average last year, Corey Seager's a career 287 hitter. And I think without the shift, we're going to see Corey Seager get a lot closer to that 287, if not even surpass that. And if he can still chip in, you know, 25 to 30 bombs, we're talking about a major four-category guy right now. And uh, he's coming off the board as the seventh shortstop, 58 overall. I currently have Corey Seager as my number five shortstop, and I, I just think that he's going to bounce back and have a very, very monster year this year. Once again, I think I don't don't let that two forty five batting average scare you away. I think he's going to be great. Yeah, no, Corey Seager is going to be phenomenal, and like you said, no more shift means you know plus in the batting average category. So I'm I'm excited for that. But let's move on to somebody else on the same team, and that's Mr. Marcus Simeon. Simeon's great. I mean. I love the fact that he also has second base eligibility. Like 
it's a it's a big bonus for me. Like it's hard to get a guy that does what he does at second base, right? He kind of is almost he's pretty much a five tool guy. So he last year he had six hundred and fifty seven at bats, which means he stayed healthy. He had one hundred and one runs. He had twenty six home runs, which he has the pasta the potential to do thirty. He had a hundred and uh, I'm sorry, eighty three ribbies, twenty five stolen bases, and batted two forty eight. I really just I love I love him. You know what I'm saying? Like he just. He just is that guy. I, I'm a little worried about the batting average, but at the same time, when he has the other, you know, tools in his tool shed, you know, I'm okay with taking that batting average hit. And if he does what he did the year before in 2021, getting into that 260 range, and it was high 260, it was 268. I'd be really happy, and you know, he'd be a very a, a really nice steal for you at that point, because then he's really making that difference in each category for you. He's a great talent, great bat, and like I said, the Texas team is just really making some really good moves this year. Matt, my brother, did you did you read off his overall stats there? I did. Okay, so guys, if you if you listen to Matt there and read his overall stats, he had a he had a very very monster year last year. This is what I'm going to do through a, through Marcus Simeon's first 52 games. So that's April 8th through June 5th. Check this out. He only had 26 runs. He only had 41 hits. He only had three bombs, uh, 19 RBIs, and he was hitting oh eight steals and he was hitting 196. So that's his first 52 games. He hit to only 196 with not really great stats at all, but he finished the year with very, very monster stats. So it just showed that Marcus Simeon is a guy that can adjust and he can, you know, um, come through the tough times. Uh, Some guys can't do that. Some guys, you know, get off to a bad start and they can't ever figure it out and they have a really bad year. But Simeon has showed us that he is capable of, you know, working through it. And that's a, that's something to me that I like to see in a, any, any type of player. And that goes for any sport, you know, and Simeon has shown it, but there's not really too much to add here, uh, except I'll let you know where I currently have uh Simeon at shortstop. I currently have Marcus Simeon at six at shortstop and I have him number two at second base. So he's going to be, you know, a, a very, very solid contributor to your fantasy teams. I think you take him and you just be very happy. So let's talk about one of the newest additions to this team, and that's Mr. Uh, Jacob DeGrom. He decides to leave New York, go back home to Texas. And, you know, I, I just when DeGrom's healthy, he's arguably the best pitcher in baseball. You know, last year he was coming off the injury, and DeGrom as a 34-year-old last year had five wins, four losses, 3.08 ERA, 11 starts, 64 innings, 102 strikeouts, and he had a 0.74 whip. Uh, what else do you want from the guy? The year before, uh, you know, 2021, he had a 0.55 whip with um, 146 strikeouts and 92 innings. So it was 15 starts in a 108 ERA. Uh, listen, guys, you know, you could you get a little, you know, bullish and you could take him as your number one starting pitcher. That's what you're going to have to do. I have DeGrom as my number three starting pitcher. Just never know if the guy's going to stay healthy or not. But like I said, when he's out there in a very Clayton Kershaw type of way, he's arguably the best pitcher when he's out there. So that's that's for your guys' decision to be making if you want to take him that high. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Like you said, he could be the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. It's just a question of, you know, when it, when are the flanges going to give out? And for everybody that doesn't yeah. know, it's the first time I mentioned it during the podcast, flanges are just me calling them injury prone. So, you know, when are they going to break down and when he's going to have it? How long? Right. But here's the thing. I'm going to, if he does it this year where he gets hurt and he does more of like a Clayton Kershaw kind of type deal, I'm going to start building into his draft price for, you know, the 2024 season. But right now I have ranked as my starting pitcher eight. You know, I'm, I'm drafting him. I'm not happy about it sometimes because he is, you're, you're, you're going to be drafting him in the first two rounds. And if you're lucky, if he's in the third, you're really, 
like you just snag that up and eat it all up all day. But it's just – he is a little bit on the risky side. But I just think that, you know, you can't pass up on great talent. Real and quick, then- Matt, before we before we move on. So I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to let the people know, guys, he's the number five starting pitcher ADP right now and it's one, pick 29 overall. So you got to take him that high if you want to. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a big asking price. But ultimately, you know, I, DeGrom could pay off or he can, you know, crap the bed and then you're just – stuck with this bag and just not great but yeah. let's move on i think we beat him down <laughs> beat him dead yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh let's talk about miss uh you know the oakland a's and there isn't much to talk about we only got three guys <laughs> um we all know so, sorry sorry oakland fan sorry yeah. sorry but we we all know that's why they're trying to get out of oakland but let's move let's, yeah. let's talk about mr ramon loriano um it's funny so most most people don't even know about this kid these days, but unless you're an Oakland fan, he actually has like a, a pretty nice, decent upside for him. And he's a late round pick too. He's 52 outfield overall, 227 overall pick. Um, he's my 58th um, outfielder. He's somebody you can scoop up, throw on the bench, and if he pans out, he pans out because the guy has a stolen base, um, you know, upside. You know, he can chip you in about 12 to 12 to 20. That's why I think he, you know, he's lived even though he hasn't hit the 20 mark yet in his career. And you know, the only reason he had such a bad season last year is was he suspended or something, Dom? Um, I believe. Let me check. Let me double check that for you. Let me. I I could get that information. But, I don't yeah. want to speak. I don't want to speak wrong. <laughs> yeah, he didn't start playing late into the season. He only had 346 at bats last year, 49 runs, 13 bombs, 34 ribbies, 11 stolen bases, and he hit for 211. And that 211's fugly, but. I think he's more of like a 250 career hitter is is kind of how I'm looking at it. So I mean, and I mean, he had two years in in the bigs in 18 and 19 where he hit 288. So let's just call it an average of 250. And if he does that and then gets you the stolen bases and has a full season, you know, he could be a nice contributor for when you know you have a giant off day of like multiple players and you know you sneak him in and play him with confidence at least. And he's going to be a very nice streaming candidate for us this year. I really do like Ramon Laureano. But again, you don't have to pay much for him, so who cares? Yeah, man, he was out with um, a hand issue for a while, but I think you you're right as far as um, suspensions. I'm trying to pull that information up too because I remember hearing that as well. Let's see, I'm still I'm working on it over here. Yeah, yeah, he well, oh no, he was suspended in. Uh, He's, he's been suspended actually a couple of times. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, yeah, he was he got the 80 game suspension like Tatis did, so that was a part of the reason he was out. And he was also suspended in a fight a couple years back too, so that's what I'm looking at here. So Matt was correct, and he did have a hand injury last year, so that's why uh, La- La- Ramon Laureano missed uh, quite a bit of time last year. But uh, Matt, did you talk about that 2019 monster year that R- Laureano had? Yeah, so. You know, he, he's shown that he's been a fantasy, you know, uh, uh, fantasy help, you know. And uh, the thing is, is, you know, you don't got to pay too much for him with, with Ramon. And uh, I'm sure Matt covered him pretty well. So I'm not going to say too much else here about him. But, you know, I got him ranked somewhere in my uh, 60s. So you could take that risk and, uh, you know, get him as one of your last players on your team. But let's uh, last player here, somebody I was super high on last year. And it didn't really pan out the way that I wanted it to for him. But that's Estuary Ruiz. And, you know, he got traded in that big – um William Contreras deal and a bunch of other players were in that deal. And he was actually great. He was um, very, uh, very, very good in the minors. Let me read you what he did in the, the minors last year. Once again, I'm talking Estere Ruiz here. In the minors last year, he played 114 games. He had 114 runs. So that was a run per game, 
33 doubles, two triples, 16 bombs, 65 RBIs, 85 steals. He had 85 steals and he hit 332. Talk about so, Mr. Steal Your Girl, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, Mr. Ruiz over here has shown, you know, that he's very, very capable of being a very good baseball player. Now, the thing is, he's in Oakland, so the counting stats are probably not going to be very great. But I think with Ruiz, you go in, you say, hey, you know, at the end of your draft, because I believe he's coming off the board as the 84th outfielder pick 331. So, once again, somebody that you could just – Get as your last pick and see where it goes. I, I have Ruiz actually pretty high. I have him as my number 52 overall outfielder. I'm just going to draft him for steals and maybe maybe the thought of some runs as my last pick if I need it. If you didn't get a lot of steals in your draft, he could be that guy. You know, I think Oakland's just going to let everybody they have on their team do their thing, maybe try and trade some of them too. So maybe there's some room for trading Ruiz there. But I, I do love the profile. Love the I love the profile of Ruiz. Yeah, no, Ruiz has a lot of upside. And to be honest, you, you know, yeah, I think he got a little screwed that he was just getting showcased so that people would, you know, take his value. But I mean, ultimately, I don't think he got a fair shake at the bigs. I know a lot of people are out on him, but he's pretty much free 99 in all drafts with an 85 stolen base upside. And on top of that, while he got the 85 stolen bases, he was batting 332. That's yeah. just ridiculous. He had a phenomenal year in the minors. So like, I really am like I'm just as bullish as on Dom, and he's free. Like you know, taking me a last pick, and what's the worst that happens? You drop him a couple days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, and if he comes out in the spring, this kid's gonna fly up and fly up them draft boards if he starts really doing what he's supposed to be doing. There's nobody on that team. They're gonna let him do whatever he wants. So hey, I just Ruiz could be like a really nice upside play going into 2023. Yeah, Matt, before we wrap up here, one more thing I did want to say about Ruiz is that he was with the Padres originally, and then he got traded in that to the Brewers in that deal for Josh Hader. So the Padres didn't give him the playing time he deserved. The you know the Brewers didn't give him the playing time he deserved. And then he went to Oakland in that big trade, I believe it was a multi-team trade. So hopefully Oakland at least lets the kid play because they don't have anybody else. So if, if Ruiz knows he's going to be out there every day, there's not, not much to be stressing about. You know, you don't have to stress, oh, am I coming off the bench today? Am I starting? He's going to know where he's hitting every day. He's going to know what he has to do. And I just think there's a lot of upside with Ruiz. But with that being said, guys, I think that's all for today. If you haven't already, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review wherever you watch or listen. Also, once again, check out our website. Our website is in our link tree. You have all of our rankings there. Uh, there's a lot of information about us. You can find all of the episodes there. So be sure to check out our website. And also, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Be sure to look out for that new episode tomorrow. We're going to be mock drafting. It's the first one Matt and I are doing here for the season. And, you know, hopefully some of you uh, show up to join us in that one. But before we head out of here, uh, you guys got to check out, you know, our once again, our colleague Lindsay, who will be on our show next week. He hosts Locked on MLB Prospects. The guy is, uh, you know, mastermind with the prospects. He knows everything there is to know. So that's going to be a lot of valuable information for you when it comes to the prospects. But until next time, guys, see you. Peace.